0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, 30 minutes or more or less, depending on the day, Monday through Friday, delivering you all the news, information you need. Today, we have some news, a confession, an apology, and a Drew Pearson interview. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Thank you to the people who uh, who have responded since I got back from vacation. We got subscribers are up through the roof. See us popping on the iTunes rankings. Didn't, uh, didn't see any reviews. Not going to beg for them. I might save that till next week, but uh, we saw some ratings, some five-star ratings. Thank you very much for those. Those are always appreciated. If you like what you hear. Feel free to send a note. You can send it to me on Twitter, at Will Brinson. You can send it to at Pick Six Pod. I don't personally get those, so tag me too. Um, you can email me. I've gotten some emails lately. Uh, WillBrinson at gmail.com. Maybe you think there's a beer I should try, uh, something that we did wrong. Uh, and that's first on the agenda here, frankly. Uh, I gotta, I gotta apologize. Matthew Stafford. The Detroit Lions quarterback was left – Danny Cannell and I on on Wednesday's show did a, a draft of quarterbacks, and we ultimately picked, I believe, 16, and neither one of us picked Matthew Stafford. Now, we realized it after the fact, and we realized Jameis Winston wasn't picked. Jameis Winston not in the same stratosphere as Matthew Stafford right now. I'm just pointing out that he's a – you know, talented young quarterback. i be one who suspended, but he wasn't picked either. Marcus Mariota not picked. Um, but but Mar- Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott not picked. That was sort of surprising too. Uh, Matthew Stafford was the egregious play there. I mean, that was it wasn't anything, um, to do with how we feel about Matthew Stafford. Matthew, I think Matthew Stafford's great. I actually once uh, went back and spoke at my high school about Matthew Stafford and how uh, he's a good example that. When you go through life, you're going to encounter different challenges and different sets of like different pieces of adversity, and you're going to change as a person. And if you look at Matthew Stafford, he was um, the highly paid injured quarterback. Then he was a guy who piled up stats, and now with Jim Bob Cooter and this Lions offense, he's really become an efficient, high level NFL quarterback. And I would happily turn the last two picks um, that I took—I believe it was Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes—in for for Matthew Stafford. I mean, if you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, he has tons of ups. Upside, but his upside is basically like Matthew Stafford, <laughs> big arm, kind of mobile, maybe more mobile than Stafford, um, running this explosive offense. But I mean, if Mahomes throws thirty touchdowns and forty five hundred yards, I mean, what are, what are we talking about? We're talking. I mean, they were, you know, we're talking about Matthew Stafford here. So uh, that that was that was bad by us. We we screwed that one up. Um, I don't know if Danny listens to the podcast. He might. We'll find out because he screwed up the most. He took Eli Manning. That's, that's, that's the worst one. Eli might have a big year, but I mean, you would definitely take Matthew Stafford over, uh, over Eli Manning. By the way, 44, 4, 4, 4, 6 in terms of passing yards, 29 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo, their upside is Matthew Stafford. So, egg on our face. I love Stafford. I think he's a really nice guy, really good quarterback, and, uh, we screwed that one up. Confession time. Today, well, yesterday, Today, today's Thursday. You're listening to this on Thursday. I'm recording this on Wednesday night. On Wednesday afternoon, uh, I, I tweeted my 100,000th tweet. And I feel guilty about it. Um, the, 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 the stupid thing about it is that, it's at Will Brinson. You can go read all 100,000 of them if you're so inclined to really bore yourself to death. Um, I, I had realized that I was at 99,999. And I sort of froze, and I couldn't figure out what I was going to tweet for my for my last tweet. And then uh, Darren Smith, uh, Marty Caswell, his producer in San Diego, Darren does, works for the Mighty Ten Ninety, does, does a great radio show out there. Um, I, I I saw a tweet from Marty saying I was about to be on, and I was about to be on, and so I retweeted her tweet, not realizing that that would actually count as my one hundred thousand tweet. And we ended up having a conversation on air about what I should, what I should send out for that, for that milestone number. And I realized on air, they, they told me on air that it was, I retweeted them. And, uh, I thought it was perfect. It's a perfect microcosm of social media and Twitter because we think that we're sitting there coming up with these grand ideas that are going to, uh, change the, the world and, and that, um, somehow whatever we're talking about on this stupid platform is important. And then you realize it's just dumb drivel and that most of what you see is not going to change anything. And that a lot of times it's just a bunch of crap. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I'm being introspective. Maybe it's because I crossed over the 100k marker or I'm 37 now. I, I don't know. Both are, both are pretty depressing. Um, the good thing is though that out of that, uh, I I think I'm going to get some beer from the Belching Beaver sent to me from, uh, from San Diego. So pretty excited about that. I've never had it. Looking forward to it. I don't, I don't know why people don't like beer talk. Like what, what's annoying about beer talk? I mean, we don't spend more than. A minute or so on it, and you, you know, maybe you maybe you don't drink beer. You drink, we can do wine, we can do liquor. I guess we can do water. I mean, or like, or we can do fruit drinks, whatever. Um, but uh, two more beers. I, I mentioned yesterday that Brewdog out in uh, Ohio sent us, sent me sent a bunch of beer to my house that arrived on my birthday, which was pretty fantastic. And uh, I ended up, I ended up trying two more on wednesday because you know you gotta sample this beer for the good of the podcast right uh i I tried the hazy jane oh man i give that um i don't know what the star rating would be for hazes like i I give it 8.5 hazy stars out of 10 really good new england ipa unfiltered um bunch of fruit layers nice pop excellent stuff and then i'm currently drinking their uh Coco Psycho, which is an imperial Russian stout aged on cocoa nibs and, um, and, and coffee. And it is, man, it's good. It's 10%. So it packs a bit of a punch, but it is, doesn't taste like 10%. And you get the coffee flavors on the back end, which is kind of nice. Need it to stay awake and record this podcast for you guys. So check out Brewdog and, uh, and Belching Beaver when that shows up. And, uh, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll have some more beer reviews. If you want to leave a review, if you want to, if you want to be, if you want me to try a beer, like if you, I mean, just if you like a beard, you think it's worth trying at me on Twitter at Will Wilbertson or leave it in the rating and reviewing. Let's get to some news. That was mostly a Matthew Stafford apology. I hope that works. Um, do people care that, that that Madden ratings are out and that seven guys entered the Madden 99 club? Probably not. I'm going to list them anyway. That's something I wrote about today. I, I get kind of geeked up about Madden ratings. I'll do my Madden Sim at some point in the next month or so and probably publish that. It, I, I like doing it. I don't know. I like Madden. If, if, yeah. You don't I don't know I don't know why I don't know why I care if people like it or not. I like Madden. You're gonna hear a little bit about Madden. The seven guys who made the ninety nine club, the first ever time they've announced this. Uh naturally Tom Brady, the reigning forty year old MVP, joining him is his teammate Rob Gronkowski. Also in there, Aaron Rodgers, no surprise there. Rodgers has a 79 speed. That's obnoxious. And uh, a 97 rating for throw on the run. That's also obnoxious. He's pretty good. Antonio Brown is the final offensive player in that group. 99 catch rating. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. 99. Three defensive players are there with him. Aaron Donald, no surprise, reigning defensive player of the year. 98 power move, 99 play recognition, 97 strength. He's very fast, too, obviously. Von Miller. 90 acceleration and 87 speed. Whoo, man, he can fly. And they show him sacking Cam Newton. It's, it's cold, man. They don't have to do that. And Matt Khalil's in there, so you know it's not the Super Bowl event. Um, and then the last guy, speaking of the Panthers, Luke Keekley got a 99 as well. That was a little surprising to me considering he was dinged up last year. Keekley, when he's playing, is as good as they get at the middle linebacker position. Um, Cowboys fans are most loyal. Nah, it's not really worth talking about. Janoris Jenkins, there is an update in that situation. Uh The brother of Giants quarterback Janoris Jenkins has been charged with, um and this is, uh, I don't know if they've released his name, Roosevelt, Roosevelt Rene is the 25-year-old who was found dead at, at Jenkins' house in Fairlawn, New Jersey. And according to the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office, it's William H. Jenkins is Janoris' brother, has been charged with, um of course, it's just accusations they're not. They, they noted that he's innocent until proven guilty, which is, which is a, a, a little odd, but he was charged with aggravated manslaughter for the death of Roosevelt Renee and Diana, Diana Rossini had noticed that police are, were in, as part of the, Mike Garofalo, Mike Garofalo, excuse me, I reported that police were investigating this as a possible strangulation slash suffocation. So layers to this. Jenkins it was in Florida when it happened, so it, you know, doesn't sound like he was involved, but if his brother, um did in fact, as is alleged, you know, I mean, I guess kill somebody in, in Jenkins house, then clearly this is not something that is just going to go in a different direction. We will continue to monitor it and continue to keep you updated. Um, these things can take some bizarre twist and don't want to dive too deep into them. You know, until we know that the facts are out there. The the other thing that kind of popped out there today this is a pretty. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, it probably won't get much run because it's just a you know a June signing of a of a defensive player on a team that's not in a big market. But Daniel Hunter signed a five year, seventy two million dollar deal with the Minnesota Vikings, and to me, this is a fascinating contract on a number of different levels. Um, one, he's twenty three years old. So he's been playing for three years, 25 and a half sacks in his career, 19 and a half in the last two years. Hasn't really taken on a full-time role per se, but he he's about – this reminds me a lot of the Brandon Graham signing the Eagles did. This could end up being one of those deals where – right now we're like, all right, like that's a pretty big contract, good money for him. And and in two years, it looks like an absolute steal because Daniel Hunter has turned into a defensive player of the year candidate, rushing the passer alongside Everson Griffin, Livall, Joseph, Sheldon Richardson are both there this year. So you would expect the Vikings defensive line to be very good. Um, $14 $14 million per year, one of five guys, uh, roughly. If you take out Ezekiel Ansa, DeMarcus Lawrence, who are both making 17 a year on the franchise tag, you have Olivier Vernon, who has the top defensive end contract for 4-3 defensive ends, Jason Pierre Paul, Calais Campbell, uh, Griffin, who's already on there at 14.5, and Robert Quinn makes over 14 million a year. So, I mean, Daniel Hunter enters this, this group of guys, and, you know, it's weird because if he had waited another year, and played out this season, it's totally possible that he gets a lot more money than that, or even if he tries to flirt with free agency, and, and he could have done it because when you look at the Vikings' setup, he was a third-round pick in 2015. Uh, they also have Anthony Barr and Stefan Diggs, who are going to be free agents after this year. They're only going to have one guy they can put the franchise tag on. They're, you know, Rick Spielman, the GM, has, has said he wants to extend one of Barr or Diggs next. Not going to be easy to do. I would think Diggs would probably be a little bit easier to do because because you know sometimes that wide receiver market can be tricky. Uh, we saw, of course, we saw Jarvis Landry get a lot of money, and 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 Sammy Watkins get paid free agency. So maybe it'll be harder to pull off a deal with Stephon Diggs uh, than we think. But one of those guys between Diggs and and Bar, if they don't lock the, if they don't lock at least one of them down, then one of them is going to hit free agency and could get a lot of money. Wouldn't be surprising to see Bar uh, end up making free agency, end up making the open market. And, and I posted this on Twitter, and I think that the the response has been overwhelmingly uh, in favor of, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, that, and that's fine, but I wondered, you know, who would you rather have for the next three years in terms of your defense, the Vikings or the Jaguars? It has been 69, very nice, 69% for the Jaguars uh, and 31% for the Vikings. I think the answer is the Jaguars, if we're talking about the next three years. And you can't really go further than that in, in the NFL. Um but I think you can make a case for the Vikings, especially next year. I mean, again, Linville Joseph, Sheldon Richards, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter at the linebacking position. You have um, Eric Kendricks, who's already been locked up to a $50 million deal this offseason. Anthony Barr. And then I, I would give the nod, of course, to the, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye, at cornerback for the Jaguars. But the safety, you know, Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes look like they're going to be a good combo. And then Harrison Smith might be the best safety in the NFL. And uh, Andrew Sudejo, not a bad option back there. I think this, I think, you're going to see them be one and two in terms of defenses. If you, if you want to hear a good defensive talk, uh, possible sleepers to make a leap into the top five, by the way, check out Tuesday's episode with Brian McFadden. But, um, yeah, I would, I would take the Jaguars. I think everybody would take the Jaguars, but I think it's closer than people think. And, and to me, The reason the Vikings in 2018, regardless of how things play out with their offense and and that offensive line and Kirk Cousins adjusting and Pat Shermer out and and John D. Filippo in and Dalvin Cook, you know, coming back from an ACL injury, however that plays out on offense, I think their floor is really high because I can't fathom a situation where that defense is bad. Like worst case they're a richer man's version of the Jaguars in terms of having a better offense. And, and they're, you know, Kirk, maybe Kirk Cousins doesn't turn into Drew Brees, but I mean, this could be a team that, that if everything clicks makes a run at like 14 and two and, and the number one seed, the NFC and home field advantage uh, throughout the post season, which they almost had last year. So, Vikings, very good. Paying some guys, smart move. They're locking themselves in. Daniil Hunter now. I mean, 20, you know, he's going to be twenty-eight at the end of this contract. The Vikings will want to give him another deal. That's how. Uh, that's how young he is. Good drafting by the Vikings. Okay. So again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pick Six Pod. If you need, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, it was my birthday on uh, on on Tuesday. Maybe you got a birthday coming up and you need to get somebody a present. I wish. Then my wife, I'm not going to tell you what she got me. It's not going to impress you. Just kidding. She did. It was a great birthday. Had a great birthday. Tremendous birthday. Huge birthday. Um, but uh, I wish she got me a Roku player. Another Roku player. Because I need more Roku in my life. If you haven't used Roku, you are missing out. It's a device. It's basically like a, it looks like a longer UBS drive, like a flash drive that plugs into the HDMI port in the back of your television and gives you access immediately to Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, uh, Hulu... CBS Sports HQ app. I, I use that all the time on my, on my Roku. And, um, it basically anything else you could, let's say there's another sports service that maybe offers live games that you want to watch in, in theory that I can't mention. Um, you could, you could watch that. You could, I mean, any, 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 any of those apps. I, I'm terrified to mention that. We're going to get in trouble. But mainly CBS Sports HQ. Um, uh, you don't even need premium subscriptions. Roku is an awesome way to catch your favorite teams, favorite local teams live with apps through many cable providers, you can do, you've got Time Warner, you can log into that, and they have access to all the movies and TV shows you could want with more than 500,000 of those available across free and paid channels. It saved our life when we were, um, out of the country with our young son Robbie, who we would fire up Nick Jr. for, Disney Jr., you can fire up those apps. So check it out. Roku streaming player started just $29.99 for the basic player. Or you can spring for the higher end player, players with streaming 4K with HDR. Um, you missed Father's Day, but it's not too late to get somebody a birthday present. Roku players make an awesome gift. So visit Roku.com. That's R-O-K-U.com to learn more and start streaming today. Now let's learn more about Drew Pearson. If you, if you young whippersnappers don't know about Drew Pearson, you should. Uh, former legend for the Cowboys. the guy. If you wear 88 for the Cowboys, you're wearing Drew Pearson's number. The best receiver with the Cowboys gets Drew Pearson's number. That's how it works. Irvin, Dez. These guys followed in his footsteps and, uh, Drew Pearson, little synergy action here. He's appearing on, or he appeared, excuse me, on Young and the Restless. And, uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. When, when I was approached about talking to Drew Pearson about a soap opera, I was a little nervous because I'm not a, I'm not a soaps guy. It's not my thing. That's fine. Pete Prisco, huge soaps guy. He's massive, love soaps. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even joking. He is obsessed with soaps. He would have enjoyed this conversation, but for me, it was really interesting because I found out that Drew Pearson liked to sneak away and watch soaps when he was with the Cowboys. Didn't want to tell his teammates. You know, that's not the sort of thing he did back in the day. Uh, he learned a lot of life lessons through following some of these guys and, um, and he's, uh, you know, he's pretty, pretty into it i was i was i was pretty uh pretty stunned at, at how enthusiastic he was about it but this is a really cool conversation check it out we're gonna to talk to drew pearson Drew, how you doing man all right how are you sir i am doing very well thank you for uh thank you for taking the time uh belated happy birthday <laughs> very belated i guess but uh i think it's uh pretty incredible how's uh how's your time been on the young and restless set
1: Oh, it's been awesome. Had a great time and uh, met all my uh, favorite actors and actresses, and it seemed like it all worked out really well. How
0: did this? Uh, how did this, How did this come about? Was there a? Um, as I understand it, you may have you know thought you would get or like maybe get a surprise birthday situation, then it unfolds into this incredible opportunity to go on set, right?
1: Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Matt Thornton. He, uh, my co-host on a show called Drew Pearson Live, we do on Facebook Live every Friday. And uh, I always rave, rave to him about how much I love Young and Restless and Victor Newman and all that. So he kind of took that to heart, contacted uh, Mel Young, and Mel got the invite, and uh, he uh, we announced that invite on the show. The Drew Pearson Live Show, so it was a total
0: surprise
1: and uh, one of the best birthday gifts I ever got.
0: That's that's awesome. Can you uh, can you sort of. And, and, uh, and by the way, people can check out Drew Pearson Live at facebook.com backslash Drew Pearson Live. If it's anything like your draft appearance, then it is excellent, uh, excellent work. Yeah. Uh, and of course your NFL, you. NFL career, not, not too shabby either, obviously. Uh, would, uh, w- what was, what was the part you had in the young and restless? And, um, did you have to bone up on the acting chops to go in for it?
1: Uh, the part they uh, had me playing was uh, a security guard uh, working for Victor Newman, which was perfect because he's my hero, and he's the real one—the uh, real person I gravitate toward. Uh, back in the day, when I first started young, watching Young and the Restless, so uh, I was like that as opposed to uh, Drew Pearson, former NFL player, you know, showing up for a segment or a cameo or something like that. And uh, so I had had a couple lines. I got to uh, interact actingly with uh, some of my favorite actors and actresses, Victor, of course, uh, Victoria, and uh, Neil, Christoph, St. John, and Hillary. Excuse me. These are some of my favorite uh, actors and actresses on the show. So I was so blessed and honored and happy that they, uh, included me in the segments, uh, involving them. And that made it a lot easier because they accepted me, you know, I was excited to see them and they were excited to see me. And, uh, that made it a little easier for me, uh, to adjust to it and not be nervous. Cause they told me don't be nervous Just do your thing. Uh, Matt there, and uh, some of the other people said, make sure you memorize your lines. I was well prepared there. I did not want to be the one to hold them up, (laughs) okay? Because I I know they're the pros, okay? And they're professional, and they they go through your thing. And and I'm even more in awe after watching how they do it, how they put it together, how they go in and out of character so easily and do it so effectively, uh, so being around all that gave me a different perspective of the young and the restless. And, uh, I was, I thought going in and seeing how they do it would ruin it for me as I continue to watch episodes down the road and, uh, the suspenseful episodes at that. And I thought, because you see the sets and different movement and that kind of thing, it might ruin it for it, for me, but it didn't it actually, it enhanced it. Uh, my uh, interest in the show. And so I'll definitely be continuing to watch it and uh, can't get, can't wait to get home to tune in to see what happened today.
0: You you know, it's, it's pretty crazy because I mean, like you're a, you're a three-time All-Pro who has led the NFL in receiving yards and, and won a Super Bowl, and your number is reserved for the best Cowboys wide receiver. And, and yet, is it, is it odd to find yourself sort of, uh, I don't know, is nervous the right word, like meeting these guys in this different scenario? Yeah, nervous was the right word, you know. Uh,
1: when I was, I think I was talking to uh, uh, Christoph St. John, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around. It was Victor Newman. Oh man! You know, Eric Braden. And I said, "Hey, Victor." I said, "Oh no, sorry." Uh, <laughs> hi, <Eric."> you know, <laughs> like I really know, you know. But I do know him because uh, he's been mm-hmm. here so long. But then I saw him in person. I'm like, "Oh man!" He went to shake my hand. I knocked it out of the way and hugged him. You know, <laughs> grabbed him around the neck and just hugged him. Hugged him and guess what? He hugged me right back, you know? So he was excited to see me and then he's rattling off Drew Pearson, Roger Stahlbach and all this other stuff. And I met, uh, Kane and, uh, he's, uh, uh, rattling off all my stats, the number of catches, the yards, the touchdowns and all wow. this kind of stuff. So that was pretty impressive, but it all made me feel a lot better and more welcome. I got time to do my thing, You know, I felt comfortable. I just knew I just needed to know what I needed to do. And again, I did not want to hold them back. I just wanted to be able to do my part and uh, do it well. For that, uh, it didn't mess up what they were trying to do.
0: That's incredible. I mean, just to put it in perspective, um, Eric Braden's been playing Victor Newman since you were in the NFL, which is, uh, which, which tells, right. you, tells you about his longevity. How did you, did you, did you get, so did you get into this show when you were, when you were a player in the NFL or is it like, how did you end up getting into the soaps?
1: Well, from what I understand, uh, the Young and the Rest started in 1973. Yep, and that was it, my rookie year in the NFL. Wow! And you know, after I made the team, our routine was pretty much set through the through the course of the season. Uh, Wednesday, Monday was all, uh, come in, and watch the film of the game. Tuesday, off, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, work in preparation for the upcoming game. So you pretty much knew your schedule. Hmm. But we'd always come in for a ten o'clock meeting and then take a break at 11.30 for lunch and didn't have to be back till 1, maybe 1.30. So I live real close to the Cowboys practice field. Uh, and so instead of going out to lunch with the guys, I would go home, watch The Young and the Restless on TV, and then eat my lunch while doing that, and then go back to practice after that. So none of the – I couldn't tell the other guys I was watching Young and the (laughs) Rest. I couldn't tell my teammates, what are you doing at lunch break? Oh, I'm going to watch Young and the Rest. You know, they might have questioned my toughness or something like that if I uh, mentioned that to them. Uh, But I became a fan then. And what drew me more to the show than anything was the business aspect, Hmm. you know. Uh, What drew me to Victor Newman was his business acumen. You know, how he ran Newman Enterprises, how he handled his people and how he got his family involved and all that kind of stuff. How he used to work these deals to try to stick it to Jack, you know, and then Jack would try to stick it right back to Victor and all these kind of things. And I told Victor uh, Eric Braden today, one thing I learned from you by watching you as Victor Newman as a businessman is when I got in the business, you know, you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be able to stand your ground and make tough decisions. And in doing that, you might be considered to be ruthless. But uh, if I did learn how to do that, it's so ironic that I learned it from, you know, Eric Braden and Victor Newman watching it on TV. That's pretty. And, you know, I didn't take many, many business courses in college. Uh, but I got a lot of business acumen and learning about business from watching Young and the Restless and Newman, Newman
0: Enterprise do their thing. That's incredible. You should, uh, you, you know, honestly, you should, you should talk with CBS and get them to, to, to sponsor a, uh, a young and the restless podcast. And you could, you could break down the show as, as it moves along. I bet they would be, you, you're not, wow. you're not, I'm oh, yeah. nah, just throwing it out there. I mean, these the CBS podcasts, are giving them to anybody. That's a good idea. Yeah. Trust me. They're giving it to Come anybody. On, let's do it together. <laughs> uh, I got, I got two football <laughs> questions for you and we'll get you out of here. First of all, um, yeah. Can you give me a grade on David Akers' response? I mean, it wasn't a response to you, but it was—you know—there was uh you know, a—it was, was clearly a shot fired back from Philadelphia to Dallas in Dallas while making the pick for Dallas Gaddard. What would your grade be for David Akers announcing the pick?
1: Well, there's no question you get an F. You know, <laughs> all right, all right, I give him a D for trying. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's not uh, hold him back another year in the same grade. Let's let him <laughs> pass with a D grade. But uh, I said, you know, after he did it, you know, everybody asked me, "What did you think?" As him being a kicker, my my response was, "It was wide right." Okay? <laughs> he missed it to the right, okay. And uh, the kickers know that language, and they hate to hear that more than anything. Uh, wide right, and uh, so that's what I uh, my reaction to that. But you know what? My, my deal was different. The atmosphere was totally different. You're in Eagle country. You're a former Dallas Cowboy. They hate the Cowboys and the fans there were mostly Eagle fans in AT&T in this recent draft. You know, we had pockets of fans throughout the stadium. True. And so you didn't have the excitement, the atmosphere, the oomph that I had when I walked out on the stage. So for David Akers or anybody else to try to duplicate that. In that situation, it would have been very difficult. Uh, and the NFL tried to be politically correct and try to have as all the 32 teams represented down there on the floor. And in doing that, you know, uh, you just didn't get, get the same atmosphere as I got in Philadelphia when I delivered my presentation. In Philadelphia, I had no idea I was going to deliver it that way. I had planned on saying what I said, because I sat in that green room and I said, Hey, I'm not just going to go out there and read a card and come right back. I'm going to take advantage of this, uh, national TV time. But I didn't plan on delivering it that way, that way until I, uh, walked out on that stage and I heard the booze and they got louder and louder. And now I knew I had to bring it to try to get up over those, uh, booze and the, uh, the crowd there. So. That's why it came out. That's why it came out that way.
0: Well, it was incredible. I mean, I remember, I remember watching it. And the thing about the, the acres is you knew acre, you knew, you knew Philly was going to do something as sort of like a revenge play. Yours was, uh, we're all watching the draft, you know, rolling through the second, uh, second round. And then all of a sudden you dropped the hammer. It was incredible. Uh, get you out of here on this. Yes. What are your What are your thoughts on the Cowboys wide receivers in 2018? I know the phrase Dak friendly has been thrown around a lot with this offense, but um, losing Des Bryant, losing Jason Witten, even if those guys are older, that's a lot of leadership to lose, right?
1: It certainly is, and uh, especially with Jason Witten as far as that locker room presence. You know, he's the professional. He's the captain. He's the one that set that precedent for the young guys to follow, the work ethic, uh, the preparation uh, through studying film and doing what you got to do on the field and being uh, working out and all that. That's Jason Witt, He's the epitome of all that. You know, Dez worked hard too, but he was not the best locker room guy. And I think that was a big reason why he was let go. Certainly his production had dropped off in the last few years, but it's that locker room presence that turned out to be a negative for the football team in the eyes of the cowboy grass. So they had to make a decision. So now I, I think it's good. I think they need to shake up that receiver core because none of them really performed well last season. They all performed below par. So with some new blood in there, uh, it might motivate some of the guys that were there last year that are still on a team this year, uh, like a Terrence Williams. Uh, if he can, Uh, beat this latest rap against him Hmm. uh, in the situation he got himself in. But I like the new core receivers. This guy uh, uh, Gallup, Michael Gallup from Colorado State. I think he could make an impact. Alan Hearn is pretty much the same as Dez Bryant. You know, he didn't have the initial part of his career like Dez. You know, Dez was a beast in in the beginning of his career. But the injuries caught up to him to slow him down. But I think Alan Hearns can step in and do that job. This guy, uh, Thompson, uh, from Green Bay, I think they got him. He's a good one. But the guy you might want to watch is this, uh, I think the guy that got the seventh round from Boise State. This mm. guy Wilson. Cedric Wilson. Yeah, Cedric Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Six round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I heard coming out of the uh, rookie kick, he was one of those guys that, sh- that stood out and showed a lot of uh, 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 ability to take his game to the next level from college
0: to the NFL. Awesome. Love it. Well, hey, uh, listen, Drew, I really appreciate you taking the time. Everybody listening, make sure and check out uh, Drew's Facebook Live show. Facebook.com backslash Drew Pearson live, and of course, watch Young and the Restless starring the one, the only Drew Pearson. Thank you so much.
1: Amen. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me.